And if you have your Bibles this morning and you will turn to 2 Samuel, the 12th chapter, if you'll bear with us just a moment while we set the story up. But in 2 Samuel, David's son has become sick. And he is, he, he's really, really sick. And there is no earthly way, none of the doctors, anything else, they can do anything for David's son. So David goes out and he tears his clothes and he lays down on the ground, flat down, and starts praying to God to heal his son. And David is out there and his friends gather around him and they're praying with him. And for seven days and seven nights, they pray. David rises up, praises, and prayers to God for the healing of his son. And we find that his friends are sitting there, and they're also praying and raising up prayers. But then we find that news comes to the group that David's son has died. His infant baby is gone. And the friends start talking around. Now, I don't know if you've ever had to deliver bad news. It's not pleasant. And it's not a very good thing to have to do. I've had to do it several times. You know, I've had to go to families' homes and tell them, and I've had to to answer a phone call and, and... and tell someone, and either way, in person, over the phone, anything. It is never easy to give bad news to somebody. And so all of David's friends have kind of got up from around him, and they've all gathered over here on the side, and they're like, I, I don't know what, you know, I'm not telling him. We saw how he mourned and how he prayed and how he, he'll be furious. I mean, he's going to just, and they just kept over here and they, you know, they were just gathered together and they, they didn't know how to tell him. And so David finally looks up at them and, and knows if they're not here with me praying and that guy just left, something's wrong. So David told them, my son's dead. And the family or the friends all standing around were like, yes. Yes, David, your son has died. So in the 12th chapter in the 23rd verse, or let's go to the 22nd verse, and his friends were were amazed because David got up after he heard his son was dead. David got up, went to the house of the Lord, and worshipped. Then David went to his home, and on his way in to take a bath, told him, bring me food. Have a a feast prepared. I'm ready to eat. And his friends come to him, and and here in the 22nd verse, he said, while the child was alive, I fasted and wept. I said, who knows whether the Lord will be gracious to me, that my child may live, but now he's dead. 
Why should I go on fasting? Can I bring him back again? And at the very end of verse 23, it says, I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. David was in a pitiful shape when his child was sick. He was standing, he was laying on the ground, he was just outstretched to God, and he was praying to God to make a miracle happen in his son's life. I know there's people in here this morning that have prayed and prayed and prayed over a loved one, prayed over a situation, and we've prayed about it, and we've we've talked to the Lord, and we didn't get the answer we wanted. One of the deacons at a church in Alabama that my grandparents went to his daughter had passed away. She was a school teacher. And a lot of the students had her and a lot of the people were in the community. I knew the family through the community and through the church. And I went to the funeral home and I, and I put my arm around Melvin and I, and I was like, man, I, I really hate this. And he said, you don't know what it's like to stand by your daughter's bed and pray that death comes quickly. He said, when you stand over your loved one, your child, and you are praying that the suffering will end. David was the same way. He was praying to God. And the Bible doesn't record it. He doesn't write down what exactly he was praying to God about. He said he prayed over his son. He prayed for God's will to be done. He prayed that God would do his thing. Either bring his child back, take him home. And David was a man after God's own heart. David prayed. And I believe David prayed fervently that that child would get up. But the child never did. The child died. When Katie's mother passed away last summer, we went back home and we were there with with the family and we were there the night she passed and and our little three-year-old grandson came down for the funeral. And Brandon had brought Josh with him ahead of time, and they were there, and Brittany and her husband came in, and, and they were trying to explain to Tide what was wrong, what had happened. Well, Tide goes to church every Sunday. Tide is raised in a Christian home. Tide is taught in a in a Christian nursery and Sunday school class. And and so Tide understands that there is a God. And he understands that there's a Jesus. He really hadn't got the concept of death down. So they all come in, and Brittany and Colby, they they go up to the casket, and there's Katie's mother's body, and and, and they look in, and and we've got the boys over here. We're talking to them, and Things are progressing pretty good. And we go out and we go to a little break room so everybody can get them something to drink and basically get out of the room and get a little air or anything. And Tide, at three years old, walks up to Katie and says, I'm sorry, sorry, but your mama's dead. 
But in his mind, being dead meant she's not hurting anymore. In his mind, being dead meant she's with God. What could be better? He wasn't upset. And, and as Katie looked at him, you know what I mean, and Brittany was just mortified, and some of the people in the room, Katie began to just chuckle and then laugh. The child was right. His granna, or Mama Stinker as we affectionately nicknamed her, Mama Stinker was not hurting anymore. She was with God. David here, when his friends said, there is no reason for you to be rejoicing, there's no reason for you to be excited about your son passing away. David's reply was, he can't come back to me, but one day I can go to him. David had that faith that he could go to where his son was. David had that faith because he trusted believed in God that what God told him was, and what God had told the children of Israel, what God had told all of his people in the Old Testament through the covenants of Moses and Noah and Abraham, that one day you will be with me. And David was holding on to that faith. Now, fast forward about a few hundred years, 1,600 years. To Matthew, if you'll go to Matthew 26 and 39, we find that, again, the lineage of David is praised. We find, again, that the lineage of David is down on their knees asking God a question, praying to God. Matthew 26 and 39, Jesus is praying in the garden. He is in the garden of Gethsemane and He is praying. Disciples are over here. They've already fallen asleep on Him. They've given up on Him ever quitting, stopping to pray. And they went asleep. But in Matthew, the 26th chapter and the 39th verse, and it said, And going a little farther, it meant a farther ahead or a little bit ahead of where the disciples were, Jesus fell on his face and he prayed. And he prayed this, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, as you will, but not I. What Christ was praying there that day was that God's will would be done if that's what he wanted. But he said, not my will. Because you see, Christ knew when he was in the garden and he was down there praying that his body would be ripped to shreds by a beating he didn't deserve. He would bear our sins and our crimes, everything, to the cross that he didn't earn. And he knew that that thorn of crown, the crown of thorns that was going to be placed on his head was going to hurt. It wasn't going to bring joy to him. It was going to bring pain. 
And he knew that they were going to drape a robe over him, that when he got ready to get to the cross and to be nailed to the cross, that the soldiers would rip that robe off, opening up again all the wounds in his back and his legs and blood freely flowing out from it. Christ knew that if his will was done, he wouldn't take it. And that sounds funny, but Christ knew. Christ knew on his birth what his destination was going to be. But Christ had to do that. Christ had to show us that just as David prayed, that he prayed. And just as David's faith was placed in God, that without the provision of the cross, without the provision of Jesus dying and being in the tomb, resurrected and on the, going back to heaven, without that, David's faith would be nothing. There was no hope if he didn't do it. No hope. So he prayed. The Bible says that he prayed and, and, all, and scholars have come out and, and they, he prayed till his sweat was like drops of blood. And people tried they looked at the earth, and, and science has proven that if you're in a situa- stressful situation and you're extremely trying hard, that blood vessels on the surface will burst and your sweat will look like blood. But Christ knew that no matter what happened to him, for your faith, my faith, for David's faith to be solidified and have hope and assurance, he had to go to the cross. But he still prayed. He still prayed. Christ knew that the beatings would be brutal. He knew the pain from the crown of thorns would be great. And he knew the cross would be agonizing. And he knew it had to be done for you and I to have hope for the future. You know, I have stood by my father-in-law's bed. And and he was a large man like me. And he would lay his head right here on my stomach. Because he thought I was the only one big enough in the family to support him. If anybody else would come up, he would hold himself up. You could see his body trembling to hold himself up. But he would lay his head on me to support himself. And then after he had seen everybody in the family, all the nephews, nieces, all of his children, his grandchildren, and they all left, and finally his brother and his wife went out to get a cup of coffee, and we were sitting there, and and he laid back on the bed, and he looked over his shoulder to make sure the door closed, and he closed his eyes and went to heaven. I have been there with my father, and I've, I've been there, and I prayed by the bedside as he was laying there dying. And when he passed away, and Katie came to tell me that he was gone, there was a peace that flowed through me because I knew where he went. Even though he was gone, I knew he was home. Even though he was no longer physically in the presence of me, he was now in the presence of God, and he was home. 
and he went out praying. One of the ladies was standing there at the foot of the bed singing how great their heart, and he was praying to God of how great he had been to him in his life when he passed away. Just as David knew his son would be seen by him again, we have that hope today. We have that hope that no matter what, if we're praying that God's will is done in our life, we'll find out we can have that assurance. David prayed for his son. Jesus prayed in the garden. And in the book of Corinthians, Paul writes that we now look through a glass dimly. But one day, one day, we'll look through it clearly. Paul said that I don't understand why this is going on. And I don't understand how come it's happening. But I understand that one day, in the presence of God, I'll understand it all. And Paul prayed. This morning, I've asked Mashiach if she would sing a song for us. And it's a very sad. First time I heard it was about two weeks ago. And as I turned on the truck, it came on and it started playing. And I just, I literally stopped the truck and, and nobody was around. And I, I just sat there and listened to it. Paul understood it. David understood it. Jesus gave us the example of it. Jesus wanted the cup to pass from him. David wanted his son to live. Paul wanted to have a better understanding and and he wanted relief from the affliction that he went to God three times for. God said, my grace is enough. Even if the night gets too long for us to bear, He's still God. Even if the pain becomes too great for our bodies to hold on, still God. Even if we don't get the answer that we wanted to our prayers, He's still God. Even when we have doubts and fears and troubles in our life, He's still God. Even if. Even if the answer to our prayer is no, He's still God. No matter what. You know, a few years ago, one of the big country songs was, I thank God for unanswered prayers. Because sometimes the answer needs to be no. And sometimes it will be no. But even if it is no, He's still God. And He still loves us. And He still cares for us. And He still provides for us. You know, all these little sick babies that, I, that we've got, and people here in our church that have been, been afflicted and, and have had some sickness, He's still God. He still loves, He still cares. This morning, even if you never get the answer you're looking for, He's still God. 
Even if you think there is no hope, there is no peace, there's no joy, He's still God. The song that Ricky and Keith sang this morning, Redeemed. Redeemed. Folks, even if you're still fighting the battle that has already been won, He's still God. The reason the cross was rough was so we could hold on to our sins and our sorrows and our heartaches and our burdens. If it was smooth, that it fell off. But Christ died on a rough piece of wood that we could hang it there and we need to hang it there and leave it because we're not intended to carry it any further than the cross. We're intended to leave it to God. So even if we're still dragging around those chains, He's still God. Father, this morning we thank You so much that, Father, even if we don't understand it, Father, even if we don't know, You're still God. Father, even if we carry burdens around that we should lay down and leave, Father, You're still God. Lord, we just ask this morning that if there's somebody here, Lord, that are having those even if moments, that, Father, they just don't feel like praising You. Father, they don't understand what's going on. Lord, they have no idea what your direction is, but Father, even if they do nothing at all but pray to you, you'll guide and direct because you're still God. Father, this morning we just ask that, that Lord, that, that you touch hearts this morning, Lord. Father, not that something that I, was, that I said, but Father, something that was sung, but Father, because your word says you're still God. And even if... You'll still provide. Father, as we come to you this morning, Lord, we just ask that if there's someone that needs to come today, Lord, Father, that the altars are open. And Father, your grace and your love and your mercy would overflow and fill up their hearts and their lives, Lord. That they would bring it to you, just like David brought it to you. Father, just like your son brought it to you in the garden. Father, that your will be done, not ours. Lord, it's in your name we ask this morning. Amen.